achievers, welcome to Elite Achievement, your go-to podcast for service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Hear inspiring stories from other business owners, learn goal achievement strategies, and overcome the challenges you face when growing your business. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to help you achieve your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome back to Elite Achievement and to the final episode of the year. Today, I'm sharing my top business lessons learned in 2022, which has become one of my favorite episodes to both prepare and record. If you are wondering what I learned in past years, listen to episodes 12 and 42. I love celebrating lessons learned because it reminds us that none of us have it all figured out and we need to have courage to excel in business, courage to try again, courage to fail, courage to try something new. To prepare for this episode, I gathered my journals and read through my Friday rituals from the year to identify my top lessons. If you haven't incorporated the Friday ritual into your business yet, this is your reminder that this practice is a game changer. Not only does the Friday ritual help you close out your week and start the next week focused on your goals, but it's also a written history of your year highlighting how much you've grown and how much you've changed. It also shows you themes and what lessons you need to keep learning. And for me, follow-up works, but more on that later. Let's get to it. Here are the biggest lessons I learned in 2022. The most eye-opening lesson I learned was how I defined success didn't match how I measured success. I attended an Elevate networking event earlier this year, and the leader asked us three questions that blew my mind. One, how do you define success? Two, how do you measure success? And three, how has your definition of success changed over time? As I reflected on my answers, I realized how I defined success and how I measured success were in conflict. I defined success as having choices, choices with how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, and how I spend money. I measure success in business by revenue. So yes, there is an element of revenue that's connected to my definition. However, the most important part for me is how I spend my time. And yet revenue is the metric I track most frequently. Now, in order to stay in business, you need to generate revenue to cover your personal expenses, your business expenses, and to enjoy some of the risk you take as an entrepreneur. However, by only thinking of success in terms of revenue, I was going against my definition of success of having choices with my time. I was adding more and more to my plate. I was saying yes, and I wanted to take every opportunity that came my way, which hindered the amount of choices I had with my time. Even with this realization, I still struggle with associating revenue to success. But as we go into goal setting for the new year, I am more aware that I need to consider other ways to measure my business success. Another lesson I learned this year is sometimes you need to let it go. Somewhere along the way, I developed a belief that in order to be a successful business owner, I have to generate seven figures. And I was putting pressure on myself to achieve this right away. 
I think there was some sort of association with proving to myself that I've made it. Once I let go of the pressure to have a seven-figure business right now, things started to really take off in my business. I'm actually having my best revenue year yet. Hey, I'm still working on that first lesson. I also let go of my rigid morning routine. For all of my original Elite Achievement listeners, you might recall listening to episode seven, where I detailed my morning routine. This was the morning routine that helped me launch my business. I needed the structure and the practices I engaged in to grow my confidence and conviction to leave my corporate role and start my business. But this year, I started to feel like I was crossing off things on a to-do list. The routine that was supposed to help me jumpstart my day and make me feel energized and ready to attack my goals felt like one more thing I had to do. So I decided to simplify my routine. I let go of the need to read my short-term vision statement, to write in my gratitude journal, to read and work out while trying to layer on new journal prompts and meditation. This year, I decided to focus on two things in the morning, working out and meditating. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't pull out my gratitude journal from time to time or that I never read in the morning anymore but I let go of the pressure to do it all on a regular basis in order to be successful. And the result, I've read the most amount of books I've ever read in a year. I achieved my goal of 36 books read with time to spare. I also meditated more than I ever have and am on pace to achieve my meditation goal for the year. Prior to this year, I struggled with having a consistent meditation routine, and I'm surprised by how much meditation has helped me lower anxiety and be more present and even navigate some personal challenges. I guess that's the impact of meditation. You don't realize it's working until you go through intense experiences. I can't help but wonder if my consistent meditation practice also taught me the lesson, the power of the pause. Several times throughout the year, I resisted the urge to say yes on the spot and instead evaluated how the opportunity aligned with my current priorities and if it supported my vision. Somewhere along the line, I learned that in order to be successful, you have to take quick action. And yes, action is required to achieve your goals. And when we hesitate to take action, it's usually due to a lack of confidence or fear but knowing what to take action on is critical for progressing towards our visions. I'm good at getting stuff done and executing, so my challenge is making sure I'm getting the right stuff done. And this requires not acting on every idea or piece of feedback. I started writing down these ideas and coming back to them during quarterly reviews or in coaching sessions and evaluating their importance. The result? I felt a lot less stress and pressure this year in my business. I also paused when answering some emails. Do you ever notice if you get disappointing or frustrating news via email, your emotions tend to take over? It's hard for me to think logically in these moments, and usually my first thoughts are to walk away, give up, or run from the conflict. I frequently broke the productivity rule of never touch an email twice and allowed myself space to think and process after reading an important email before replying and hitting send. Sometimes I needed a Peloton ride to clear my mind, and sometimes I needed a couple of days. A little bit of space allowed me to respond more favorably. 
I also took my first break from releasing new podcast episodes to free up time to refresh the show, switch podcast production companies, and plan future episodes. I remembered thinking I'm going to lose all of my listeners if I don't release new episodes for a month. And I'm happy to report that my fear, like most of our fears, didn't come true. The pause gave me the space I needed to gain clarity and energy for new episodes. But to achieve this, I had to let go of the pressure I was putting on myself to release two episodes every month. I'm adjusting to not being in hustle mode all of the time. A few years ago, I read the book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And it's a concept I think about often. I'm learning to work differently and to appreciate slowing down to speed up. I also learned a lot this year about managing feelings of overwhelm and getting stuff done. I know the feeling of overwhelm all too well. My body tenses up. I feel this need to speed up. My focus goes all over the place. And I usually think it's a good idea to scroll Instagram. I'm recording this podcast episode coming off a month of travel. Three business trips to facilitate planning days and one personal trip to be with family over Thanksgiving. This was the busiest travel season of my life yet. Going into the month, I relied on a brain dump to get everything I needed to get done or wanted to get done out of my head and onto paper. This helped me visualize what needed to happen, prioritize, eliminate, and assign deadlines. Each week, I rewrote the list, and before throwing that old list away, I still went back and crossed off the things I got done, which seems kind of pointless since I was getting ready to throw the list away. But any achiever that's listening can relate that there is nothing better than the satisfying feeling of crossing something off your to-do list. You can get a ton accomplished in a small amount of time with a focused list and a plan. If you haven't started the Friday ritual, here is yet another reason why this ritual rocks. Each Friday, I not only write down my wins, which grows confidence, my lessons learned, which you are hearing all about in this episode, but I also write out my priorities for the next week and look at my calendar to determine when to complete the task. I often feel like they all have to get done today. This must be the achiever or perfectionist in me, and the truth is they don't. As a small business owner, I'm constantly making decisions, decisions around how to best coach my clients, who to connect with to grow my business, what content to feature, what podcast topics will interest my listeners, what books to read to keep growing, and what direction I want to take my business to name a few. And then when work is done, it's on to what to make for dinner and how to negotiate with an eight-year-old to complete her homework. At times, it feels like I can't make another decision, which definitely hinders business growth. I call this decision fatigue. Throughout the year, I had to make what felt like, at the time, big decisions for my business. I learned I needed to give these decisions a place and time on my calendar. Otherwise, my anxious mind would take over and I would constantly ruminate and overthink. I'm not great at thinking alone, so I would often make note of these things to think through next to my coaching invites on my calendar so I would remember to discuss them with my coach. Noting the things I needed to think through on my calendar allowed me to move on and stop thinking about the decision until it was time to actually think about them. It's important to reframe and remind yourself that you don't have to make every decision today. 
planning ahead works great for productivity and overcoming feelings of decision fatigue. And it's also critical for overcoming sales fears. I learned this year when I used the excuse, I don't have time as it relates to business development or outreach. It usually means I need to create a plan, a plan of who to reach out to, when to reach out, and why I am reaching out. When my outreach is planned out, I can execute. Consistent outreach is important in a service-based business because when new business opportunities are coming in, the business that comes off the books doesn't hurt as bad. New business conversations create energy and momentum. Consistent outreach sends the message to the universe that you are growing and open for business. I was reminded of this message recently when my work with a handful of clients was complete. Some expected and some unexpected. Given the travel month I've had, I haven't been doing my consistent outreach. So my initial reaction was frustration. And then I realized I can get back into control by getting back to outreach and scheduling new potential client conversations. I need to remember that I feel better when focused on business development. I read multiple Friday ritual entries when preparing this podcast episode that reminded me follow-up works. I must really need this reminder because I also mentioned follow-up works in my top lessons podcast in 2020. And in my 2021 episode, I said, I've been surprised at how much following up actually works. Let's be clear. Following up does not mean I always get a yes. I still get some no's. I still get some not right now. But so often we stop ourselves from following up because we worry. Fortunes are made in the follow-up. I don't remember where I read or heard this, but wow, is it true. I think about some of the clients I'm coaching today that give me a ton of energy. And these clients told me no when I first reached out. But because I followed up at the right time, we are now working together. It's not always easy to follow up because you have to get out of your own way. You can't think about fears such as what will they think of me or is it too soon to follow up? So the best way to minimize these fears is to have a process in place for following up. Decide ahead of time. How often do you want to follow up with someone who said no? Another lesson I learned this year is that perspective evolves. As a content creator, I share what I believe to be true at the time. I surprised myself when I was on another podcast and the host asked me about vision timeframe. I used to be hardcore about having a 10-year vision. And during the interview, I mentioned something along the lines of, well, timeframe is less important than having a vision. You might have a three-year, five-year, or 10-year vision. And then I remember sort of zoning out of the interview for a moment. I thought, what did I just say? I usually answer that question with a confident 10 years. You should have a 10-year long-term vision. I've been on a journey to work in flow, pause, and let things go. And as a result, my perspective on vision timeframe evolved. And I'm sure this won't be the last time my perspective evolves on something I create or talk about in this podcast. I'm most proud of the lesson, there is so much power in trusting your gut. I felt there was a huge opportunity to create and facilitate planning days for my clients. I've done this work on a one-off basis, but this year I want it to systematize the process. 
I actually worked on my podcast notes for this episode on the flight home from my final planning day of 2022. And I remember feeling so energized and excited about the impact I had just made for that client. I'm beyond grateful for my coach helping me think through these planning days and for encouraging me to trust my gut and bring this service to the marketplace. I facilitated planning days with leadership teams and financial advisors to get clear on their visions and goals for 2023. If you are listening to this episode and want to learn more about planning days, check out the show notes for my contact information. I'm already booking 2024 planning days. There you have it, my top business lessons learned in 2022. If you are in the process of setting your goals for the new year, check out the show notes for some resources that will guide you. You can download my favorite vision questions that will help you draft a long-term vision and my breakout plan, which will help you plan and prioritize how to achieve your most meaningful goal for the new year. With that goal achievers, I'm wishing you a fantastic finish to 2022 and cheers to 2023 being your best year yet. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on goal achieving and business growing wisdom. If you want my best goal achieving tips and a monthly reminder to check in on your goals, join my email list at kristenburke.com. 